A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, my name's Amelie, a junior doctor. Hi, I'm Suva, also a junior doctor. We're friends, colleagues, used to live together, and here we are now, bringing you... Life After the Letters. Talking about the stories and challenges that we face every day. We're Suva, talking to you in a room, in the middle of White City, <laughs> in with this, other people around us. In this amazing box. It is an experience. So I'll give you guys a little background on mm. why we thought this would be interesting. So me and Suba have lived together for a little while. We talk a lot of the time. Yeah. All about cases that happen to us and also the ones that we read in the news, but also just the funny stories that happen to junior doctors. So Suba, do you want to tell everyone who you are, your background, what yeah. you did before? Yeah. Or what you still do now? So I am currently in my second year of working as a doctor. And um, I've previously rotated through everything. Uh, yeah, literally <laughs> so many, so many things, which has created so many interesting chit chats and stories for us. Exactly. Um, so yeah, currently working at a district general hospital in London, in somewhere the, in the realms of London, somewhere <laughs> mysterious, um, on an acute medical rotation. So that's what I'm up to. Um, Amelie, what about you? Okay, so we started at the same time, so we're both second year mm. doctors. Also not going to tell you the hospital that we currently work in. <laughs> um, I'm working another busy job, which Sue will be in next, on accident and emergency. Just got off paediatrics today, which is jokes because I actually don't know too much about kids apart from medical things, <laughs> which the mothers really don't care about. Um, but it's been good and I'm enjoying it, even though we have crazy stories from time. Um, paediatrics, that sort of is quite interesting because that brings us on to something that we wanted to talk about exactly. today. Exactly, Yes, <laughs> So I'm sure you've all heard um, about Dr. Hadiza Bawagaba. Mm-hmm. She's a doctor um, who's been in the press lately. Mm-hmm. Doctors have been talking about her. Nurses have been talking about her. Just Pretty much everyone else in between. Some of the good newspapers, some of the not-so-good newspapers mm-hmm. all seem to be on the same side of the debate about her. Yeah. So, Suba, do you want to introduce a story? Yeah, absolutely. So, actually, my friend's WhatsApp group has been blowing up today about this. So I woke up this morning with sort of, you know, someone posting a link about blog posts and all 50 sorts of notifications. Stuff. Literally, all day it's just been long, and like, you know, long, no, like long messages about people talking about it. So, um, okay, where should we start? So, this was a paediatric registrar. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for any of the non-medics out there, that's a sort of senior trainee in paediatrics. Not quite a consultant, but... 
they have trained a lot of years. So someone that we would go to on a daily basis for expert advice and actually generally the person on the ward that you turn to for support and, you know, you always have that sigh of relief when you're like, exactly. the reg is here. It's literally <laughs> like, oh my Superman God. Superman has arrived. Actually, and they, I don't know how they do it and they've always got their, their bleeps going off and they're caught between 10 different things but they're still giving you like amazing advice on exactly what to do to treat the patient. Yeah. Um, so this was... Dr. Barbara Garber, yeah. paediatric registrar. Um, and this all kind of kicks off back in 2011. Which, by the way, I only found out today. I thought it was quite recent. Yeah, and Amelie was, like, absolutely what? shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually almost uh, sort of a seven-year anniversary, isn't it, coming yes. up? Yes, so it happened um, January the 18th in 2011. Mm. And actually the story ends with a child dying, mm. which, of course, is tragic and is awful. awful. Um, so actually, we don't want to focus too much on the child and his family because obviously they've gone through a tragic time. But yeah. we want to talk about the themes around the case. Yeah. But it's important to keep and um, bring you guys up to speed about what actually happened. Yeah. So, so basically, um, Dr. Barbara Garber had recently come back from maternity leave. Mm-hmm. Um, she was working at a new hospital and uh, she hadn't really received formal induction, which which isn't honestly quite unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really busy day. She There was actually two... So usually you have three registrars that cover different parts of the hospital. Today it was only her, as the other two were sort of off sick or, or otherwise. Just not at work. Yeah. Also her consultant, who is sort of your boss and the senior colleague that the registrar turns to when they don't know what to do, to clarify their decisions was away um, just on... in the evening though he was away in the evening but there during the day wasn't he oh right okay yes. fine um, so she was working sort of as you can already tell a little bit against the tide um, on top of that IT system was failing so she was having to call up all the time for blood results and things like that which is a real pain mm-hmm. um so on this day, um, patient comes in with sort of diarrhea, vomiting. She diagnoses the, the child as having a gastroenteritis, starts some initial fluids, orders some initial investigations, um, gets some blood tests, which initially show that he is quite unwell. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the initial period, and in the initial period, we carried on, you know, he was being treated with uh, fluids and things like that. Mm-hmm. He had some investigations done, such as a chest X-ray, which later showed he did have a bit of a chest infection mm-hmm. for which Dr. Barwagaba then started him on some antibiotics. Um, later that evening, unfortunately, uh, the child went on to arrest, have a cardiac arrest, um, from which he could not be resuscitated. Mm-hmm. This case initially had an internal inquiry, mm-hmm. um, the result of which was that there were lots of system failures that day you know, not to mention poor staffing levels, mm-hmm. IT system failures. Like your typical NHS hospital. Like every day that, you know, a day that all of us have probably mm-hmm. experienced, um, you know, working in the NHS. And even though we'll go through this story quite quickly, mm. these things happened over a span of years. So, you yeah. know, that um, inquiry that you're talking about, that actually finished the year after, yeah. in the summer of that year after. Yeah. So actually they were talking about it for a long, a long time. Yeah. And obviously trying to ameliorate those problems in the hospital mm. and in medicine we always talk about that swiss cheese model i love it i use it for life i, I literally, use it for life i think everyone should know about the swiss cheese model of of error because it applies to everything everything and i think it's it's such a good it's actually a really fantastic yeah. model um and should help us appreciate that errors aren't you can't tie it down to one person or to one event or to one thing the multi, it's the Explain multi-system. The model. Okay, it's my favourite. <laughs> so also I love Swiss cheese, so it works both ways. Cheese, <laughs> chat. Good. So um, the Swiss cheese model is basically to suggest that generally in a system you have multiple points at which an error should be picked up. 
So let's take an example. Let's talk about, um, say, giving a patient the wrong medication. Oh, I thought you were going to give me an exciting example. Like a non-medical example. A non-medical example. <laughs> let's talk about me missing my flight to uh, or, Pisa uh, can in I, Italy. Can I give you one? Can I okay, give you one? On. Okay. So let's say a boy has texted you. Okay. And now you want to... Things that s- don't happen very often. Yeah, please, <laughs> know, please continue. Like, <laughs> that's another episode. Dating and medicine. <laughs> what a farce. Anyway. Well, not dating and medicine, <laughs> more like. <laughs> so let's imagine a boy has texted you. Mm-hmm. And he said something absolutely crazy. Um, mm. And now you want to send that to the... Oh, that's not a good model, actually. Well, now I'm going to send it to, to my friends. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> let's know. We've got to use something that uses we sister. We have to. Sisters. Okay, let's use as an example maybe... Um, um, Swiss cheese. I use it all the time in life. I use it all the time and I joke about it all the time. It's like my good go-to joke. <laughs> oh, gosh. Systems... I feel like you need to use it within a system. Yes. You go to Starbucks mm-hmm. to order a coffee. And everything goes wrong. Everything <gasps> goes wrong. I've actually got a coffee story that I was going to say, you must wrong. have a story because you literally drink coffee all the time? Yes. All right, go on then. So, I'm drinking my Cortado right now. So, I'll give you an example linked to my Cortado. Tragic tale so what... of a fellow Cortado. Exactly. It was a latte that day, but I digress. <laughs> so, I was with my little sister in St. Albans. I'll t- I can tell you that. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> Find Amelie in St. Albans. Exactly. Which also brings me to say that Dr. Bawagaba's address was released in the newspaper. But anyway, that's, an, that's yeah, we'll another come back to story. That one. Yeah. Okay. So in St. Albans, buying my co- I went to order a coffee. When I go to order my coffee, the order's taken, mm-hmm. I pay for it, and then I step back and wait for my coffee. Maybe around five, seven minutes later, I'm like looking frantically for this my coffee. This is too long. Seeing people with it. Um, with their own coffees who'd been waiting in the queue behind me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. where is my coffee? Yeah. Go up to the desk and I'm like, hi, where's my coffee? And then the girl's like, oh, who took the order? And then I can't see the girl who took the order there. So she's gone. Mm-hmm. But somehow my coffee order's missed. So mm-hmm. that girl's like, oh, don't worry. We'll sort out your coffee. Wait in a few more minutes and I'm like, okay, where's my coffee now? <laughs> and then um, I see some coffees like standing on the back and yeah. I'm like, are you sure one of those isn't my coffee at the back? And the girl's like, no, that's not your coffee. And later you're like, on, I'm pretty sure I can see Later Amelie, on, this other girl comes along and she starts cleaning away all the coffees. And then she's like, oh no, that is your coffee. My coffee is really thrown away by this time. So we have to go back to the front and they have to get a new coffee. My coffee is then made. But obviously the girl who's made my coffee has assumed that she knows what coffee order I want. So I taste my coffee and it's not oat milk. Guys, if you know me, that's tragic. <laughs> so there was no oat milk in the coffee. Later later on, this is like, I'm probably in this shop like 20 minutes at this time. I finally get my coffee. So. Swiss cheese model. model. Swiss cheese model. Exactly. Okay. Had someone, so there's so many layers at so which layers errors have happened and there were other things in place that usually would have stopped Despite the Despite everyone being well-intentioned at this point to yeah, just yeah, give yeah. me my coffee. Yeah, of course. <laughs> So that's a Swiss cheese model. So the Swiss cheese model here. So, okay, so when you first ordered your coffee, the person who took your order obviously put it down in the till and said, okay, you ordered an oat milk latte, whatever, mm-hmm. and said it to their colleague. Um, Quite- so they said it to their colleague who maybe was making the coffee. Mm-hmm. Their colleague may have misheard your order. So that's like a first point at which, you you know, there could be a mistake in your order. Yeah. Secondly, co- that colleague might have put that coffee in the wrong sp- place. Exactly. The colleague that made the, maybe made the right coffee could have then left the coffee somewhere else. Either someone else, another customer could have picked it up or they could have put it somewhere else and have meant to then bring it back to you but they forgot which is of course human error. And the person normal. who's just cleaning up the area has done their right job and cleaned away that coffee. Yeah. So everyone here is 
done their job, but just maybe the, there's errors at points points of miscommunication. Normally, maybe say the person that took your order maybe would have normally have gone made the coffee themselves, but maybe it was a really busy day, so they couldn't leave the till. The person who was then making the order usually would have put the coffee somewhere else, but maybe that day they thought, okay, I'll put it there, I'll make the other one, and they'll take them both there, but maybe forgot to, coffee and then problems. your coffee got left there. And then you, you know, usually the person that's cleaning would have stopped and been like, oh hey, what's this coffee doing here? But manic day okay just thought let me just okay i don't know what this is maybe it was a mistake throw it away exactly um all of this accumulates in you having a 20 minute delay but the swiss cheese model is that all of these errors lining up when usually there's someone that's kind of blocking them stopping, them, stopping, from stopping happening. them from happening exactly um and a swiss cheese model is obviously when the whole mm. lines up and mm. the error passes through the hole in the swiss cheese exactly and the difficulty with medicine or the tragic thing about medicine a consequence is always death yeah, it the consequence always... isn't Amelie waiting 20 minutes. No, it can be death, it's... which is a shame. Yeah, or what we call a serious untoward a serious incident. untoward event, yeah. Which can be a patient receiving mm-hmm. something they're allergic to, like a tablet they're allergic to, or a patient receiving the wrong medication. Mm-hmm. or the wrong um, scan being booked. Wrong scans being performed, or, of course, all of these resulting ultimately in a patient dying. Or losing the wrong limb. Yeah. Things like that. Or errors. Yeah. And these errors have been widely, widely documented in healthcare. As long as healthcare has existed mm-hmm. and humans have, you know, existed, we make mistakes. And that is, you know, healthcare professionals mm-hmm. are not exempt from making mistakes. But the system acknowledges these mistakes and tries to put in a lot of safeguards to reduce the chances of these mistakes happening. Um, and particularly our stage in our careers, mm-hmm. we know so many of those sort of monumental healthcare moments where something awful has happened, mm-hmm. but out of that awful moment, we've had Good has come we've had momentous it. change within the NHS. And I'm sure a lot of you will remember the MedStaff's reports that came out. I can't remember how many years ago, but they were mm. talking about duty of candor at the time. Mm. And lots of patients, they were being left in their beds, not really being looked after, mm-hmm. um, and deaths came out of that, and morbidity um, worsened after that as well. But actually, they used that report to really change the face of the NHS and the face of medicine. From now on, you probably don't even realise, but every patient has a named consultant. Patients' observations are done regularly um, Mm -hmm. in line with timings. Um, People are also encouraged to report mistakes, even though datexes can get really annoying. They're encouraged to report mistakes, Mm -hmm. and actually we have clearer discussion. Now, I think we have clearer discussion among doctors. Absolutely. And there's less blame culture amongst doctors as opposed to nurses, which I actually feel really bad for them for. Yeah. But this is this is why we want to talk about this case today. Exactly. So why don't we just keep going on with the story and explaining what's happened so far with So Yeah, so like we said, in 2012, the internal sort of uh, inquiry was completed and the outcome of that was... 23 changes that need to be made for the hospital. Sort out your system- systemic... Failures. Failures. Systematic failures, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> systemic is... Yeah, not it's a medical mean. term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was the outcome from 2012. Fast forward to 2015. Yes, yes. Unless I'm mistaken. December 2015. Dr. Barbara Garber and one of her fellow nurses are charged with manslaughter and um, arrested. And, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately the trial begins from that point. Or they were actually charged, I believe, in December 2015. So the the so by trial tw- must have happened before. So by 2015, she would have actually been working this entire period of time. There's a three-month period when she was suspended by the trust. Initially. So initially, so she could obviously learn from mistakes, number yeah, one. Reflect on everything. But two, also there needs to be some sort of action yeah. um, with regard to the 
awful tragedy that happened of course. Um, and response by the hospital. Yeah. But she'd been working well during this time, being supervised, and it actually has really good um, feedback. feedback and has done good work over yeah. that period of time and so actually there's no, no further incidents at all yeah so no incidents in that five year sort of uh, mm-hmm, time mm-hmm, period mm-hmm. um of course in the meantime there must have been sort of further investigations mm-hmm. or further sort of do you want to legal... talk about the tribunal service actually oh yes so the tribunal service had seen doctor so this is the medical practitioners tribunal service mm-hmm. that um, sort of look into cases of doctors that have had sort of serious errors and exactly. deem whether they're safe to work and give certain advice on what should happen moving forward. So they reviewed Dr. Bawagaba's case um, and their sort of outcome was that there were, given the system failures... Um, system, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, system failures, um, which they took into account in this case, mm-hmm. they advised that she have a year of suspension and then be brought back to work and back into training mm-hmm. so that was the outcome of that exactly and then how many months just before she was to end that suspension did the GMC decide to stick their nose into it so about five months she had five months left yeah. of her suspension when the general medical council um which is a uh, a body meant to protect doctors but they've become under criticism um over many years particularly actually with um howard shipman when his awful case came around, the GMC started being quite antagonistic towards doctors, even though they're meant to be our professional body. Also, rightly so, because the public was scared of doctors at this point and thought that yeah. we had too much power, which I completely understand and see, particularly with the older generation of doctors. Yeah. Um, but anyway, fast forward to that time, doctors really wanted to start working with the GMC to actually look at the professional mm-hmm. duties and see how we can better serve the public. So... Sorry, I completely interrupted. And just no, went no, on no, a spiel no, 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 no. I think it's good to explain exactly what the GMC does and who they exactly. are. So, yeah, so, they're a regulatory body. Um, mm-hmm. So going back to um, Dr. Bawagaba's situation, yes. so the GMC stepped in five months just before she was about to finish the suspension and um, they felt that she should not continue to practice because of the fact that the whole the case... Incident. The whole case and the incident had was sort of damaging the public's trust in in doctors that was the main issue and concerns about her competence that um that they've expressed as well yeah Mm -hmm. that they had expressed so um they then took her to high court to appeal the tribunal sort of uh ruling Mm -hmm. which then the judge of course overturned and And the new outcome basically was Mm -hmm. she's been convicted of manslaughter uh, along with the nurse who was there at the time. I actually don't know too much detail about the nurse. No, neither do I. Um, and, yeah, they were convicted of manslaughter. I believe currently she's... A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's on a suspended sentence. Yeah. But essentially, she's been removed from the GMC register, isn't allowed to work as a doctor any longer, and now has a criminal conviction. Of manslaughter. That is a lot, isn't it? That is something that you do not ever expect would ever happen to you when you're doing six years at medical school and spending all those nights in the library and, you know, like... Yeah, working or being your... any doctor who's no. just trying to get patients better. No, and, you know, you, when you think back to being sort of bright-eyed and 16 and deciding this is what you want to do <laughs> with your life... <laughs> <laughs> but when you decide this is what you, what you want to do with your life, you never, ever, ever imagine something like that would happen to you because you never go to work with any malintention or, mm. or you hit, with anything you yeah. with yeah I mean if I, but I guess if you are going to work with some awful thoughts like, you shouldn't be too surprised when you get a <laughs> no, conviction true. of manslaughter at your doorstep <laughs> but when you don't and you all you're doing is working as hard as you can to within do the best a broken that you can, system let's not forget yeah when you're doing everything that you can to provide the best care that's possible for your patients I can't I don't know I just can't even imagine yeah I think there's so much we can talk about in this case mm-hmm. so should we try and skip through some of the conversations we had in the car yeah and we've had over the past weeks and Absolutely. we've had in our whatsapp groups with our friends definitely let's do that okay so numero uno yeah let's start with the culture of working sometimes stupidly hard in the NHS and yeah. taking on a million things yeah. like on your plate which happens to all of us yeah um from a very junior level to a very very senior level it's rampant within the NHS and it's something that is unavoidable but clearly in this Bawagaba case I think something that's ruffled a lot of people's feathers mm. is the fear that well this happens to me every day and what if this could have been me that's yeah, it this could this have been, me, been me, me and what if this is me and what you, you know you look at Bawagaba's situation sometimes and you sort of appreciate that she did everything she could and you sort of think to yourself, well that's what I do and I hope that that's enough but what if it isn't and what if something happens and actually yeah. one day I end up with something like this mm-hmm. Yeah, and the difficulty, there's a lot of conflicting information on what you can do sometimes. Actually, the day when everyone was getting riled up about it and the BMA sent a statement um, to reassure doctors and also to express their stance, their stance, which is also feeling upset towards the GMC and their decision. Yeah. Um, when they did that, maybe around half an hour later, I was going to see Hamilton that day, so I remember that day really well. <laughs> but um, about half an hour later, I got a, another email, and that was from the GMC giving their statement. Funny timing, maybe it was a coincidence, maybe it wasn't. I think it's the latter. Mm-hmm. Um, but the GMC had said in their statement, let me find it. So I couldn't find the statement. <laughs> but basically, looking at the FAQs, the frequently asked questions that were sent by the GMC to all the doctors, they went through a series um, of questions to actually state that yes, there were systemic, sorry, systematic failures in place. They also acknowledge the fact that we work busy hours and that there's a lot of our plates, particularly out of hours. But then one thing that stuck out in my mind personally was the fact that they had this statement that said, 
Now, if you're to work within those busy hours and aren't being supported or supervised, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Their answer at the time was, number one, you must raise this concern with your manager or the consultant in charge. Number two, you afterwards you keep a brief written record of your concern and the steps you've taken to deal with this. And number three, you know who your guardian of safe working is. All those things, great, but it doesn't actually deal with the problem. Now, yeah. that's my issue. Yeah. Lastly, somewhere else in the statement, which I can't find right now, they advise that if it is busy and you're working by yourself or unsupervised, that you need to continue working. Mm-hmm. There's generally a question that says, should I... Here we go, here we go. So they ask, should I refuse... So we ask, should I refuse to work if I think conditions are unsafe? The first word they say is no. No, full stop. No, full full stop. They could have underlined that. They could have put that in capital letters. Large font. Large font, exactly. Bold in that. Put it in a really good font. I know my fonts well. But um, they said, no, you should raise your concerns with a senior colleague, either directly or ask someone to raise concerns on your behalf. You should work with your colleagues to find a solution to provide the safest care possible in the circumstances to all your patients. But this is also, bear in mind, because I think I used to find this ridiculous when I was, when I first started working. Or scary, yeah. <laughs> but I used to find this ridiculous when I first started working that you've got probably the, you know, one of the busiest, busiest doctors working in that field is the registrar. And that person is receiving bleeps from 10 million places. Mm-hmm. They've got a whole host of things that they need to do. Mm-hmm. The meanwhile, they're calling all these people up to try and sort out staffing levels. They're trying to sort out cover to make it as safe as they can. Um, and I used to always think, this is ridiculous that this person who's probably at this point in time one of the most important doctors in the hospital it, no, is no, sat, no, they are the most important the doctor. most important in the, the most important doctor in the especially hospital especially at night or out of hours is sat there by the phone calling lots of different people trying to get something sorted out and the answer is always inevitably coming back as like okay well we don't have we don't have anyone else to come mm-hmm. and help and it's just you and, and it's actually your team. we need to think practically with these situations what can we do in a limited system You just have to work as hard as you can and you have to hope that the system is there to protect you. You hope that patients... Early warning warning scores scores that sort of trigger when people are getting unwell. Trigger or are are right. You hope that people understand medication, what that means for certain patients, which ones to hold. But obviously we're all trained to do different things in a hospital Mm -hmm. and if those safety systems aren't in place, Swiss cheese model once again, Swiss cheese model, yeah. It makes it impossible. Also for you to do your job because you can't do you can't do everything and you can only rely on systems and mm-hmm. things that are in place to mm-hmm. kind of pick up the slack and to sort of, ca- you know, the safety nets to work and yeah. to pick up issues so that they're brought to your attention because y- you can't be expected to chase up every little thing and to, you know, you kind of have to rely on your, your colleagues and your systems and, you and everything else. And you have to trust your colleagues as well and other nursing staff, other doctors, you have to trust them. Yeah, you have to. And you, I mean, you have to work together as a team because mm-hmm. you can't, you can't do it just yeah. as one person. And Suba, what do you, what have you thought about doctors' responses to Bawagaba? So, I mean, clearly that's been a lot of fear and concern, and just mm-hmm. also feeling really, 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 all of our hearts yeah. really going out to her situation. Which also is great. It's great to know that there's camaraderie within yeah. the profession and the fact that we're all behind her on this Absolutely. particular issue. Because it affects all of us. It does. And I was going to say that's one of the things that's probably the strongest in the NHS is the is that sense of camaraderie and the yeah. fact that actually, you know what, when you're working a crazy shift somewhere, like so are your colleagues and you're all in it together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there is absolutely a spirit of like, well, we're yeah. going to try and do this. Exactly. Um, and you feel for your colleagues. I remember when we used to just go in 
or want to go in and help our colleagues overnight when actually there wasn't you enough You knew there doctors. wasn't enough staff and even if, you know, you would, you would stay late if you could exactly. to try and cover, you know, even if it was for an hour yeah. or two. Or the person who didn't care much about the ball, they would be like, do you know what, guys? I'll work tonight so you guys can, can all go, go to, to the, the ball. ball. Yeah. But literally, Cinderella, yeah. go to the ball, enjoy <laughs> yourselves and I'll work tonight because I don't care. Yeah, and that's a tragedy, isn't it? That actually, it's say, crazy. Whenever, if you have a big work party, there's always going to be someone that's working that night exactly. or working that evening or and can't make kids, it. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. You come in early all the time. Time, let me stay late. You go and pick up your kid from you go school because you care about your colleagues. Yeah. So that's been nice to see. Absolutely. And I know we've had that with the junior doctor contracts. Yeah. We've had that for several reasons and in actually, recent years, and it's been nice. And don't you think that's a that's a really nice side of all the struggles that recently have been on the NHS? Is when you and I just to kind of randomly bring in a bit of Donald Trump. I mean, is it really oh a conversation without talking about I Donald really Trump? Don't like talking about him. You know how he recently was like slagging off the NHS on Twitter. Oh no, I don't. Well, he was slagging off the NHS. <laughs> um, and even though we like to slag off the NHS occasionally and talk about how it's a broken system, we are very defensive about anyone turning around and saying, well, actually, look, it doesn't work at all. Because actually, it does. And it's amazing. And it, it does is. amazing things. Um, and everyone united forces. And actually, I think for the first time, mm-hmm. we Jeremy Hunt spoke back and we were all like... Oh, I was impressed with that one. Everyone on Twitter was like, I can't believe this, but I'm agreeing with, with Jeremy, Jeremy Hunt. And exactly. go you. Like, it was... Yeah. But no, recently... If Jeremy Hunt is on your side, you're like, <laughs> wow, you this are is fighting a, a greater enemy. This is, pro- this is a problem. It's yeah. an issue. <laughs> but no, it's been interesting. I hope we, but no, as I doctors, that... start to talk more about these cases yeah. and really start to figure out what we can change yeah. and what we can bring to the attention of the GMC and the BMA. And of our own NHS managers and, yeah. and chiefs because actually I think that's the thing. I think when we have these sort of big moments that really unite us, it we build a lot of momentum and we build mm-hmm. a lot of that energy and passion really comes out and for once we sort of think, well, I'm tired after work but I'm going to read up on this and I'm going to you know have a conversation about this and you want a change to come from yeah. this so that it, yeah. actually in the future doctors are better protected from these things. Mm-hmm. And I know there was loads we were talking about in the car on the way here and also recently. Yeah. Um, And I think we'll probably address those on an online forum in some way, maybe on Facebook, maybe on Instagram. Yeah. But I know there was um, also some impact from her being a woman, number one. Yeah. Also some impact of her being a doctor of colour as well in the NHS. Um, also uh, impact of her wearing a headscarf Mm -hmm. and having a obviously quite Muslim name. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and also the fact that she's looking after children on her own pretty much. Her husband's, I think he works in aviation in Dubai, mm. and she's got an el- an older kid who has autism mm-hmm. and a younger child who, I think he was he was born just after she became... Very, very recently. Yeah, very recently, um, and she'd lost all, her, obviously, her money and her ability to work. Yeah. But also, good to go back to what we were talking about before, I think the doctors have raised about... I say doctors, it's probably a lot of the public, so sorry I said keep, keep saying that. But the public and doctors included have raised a couple of hundred thousand pounds to go towards her yeah. new, or yes. her appeal. Yeah. So I'm happy that she feels some camaraderie from the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Any other topics you think that we could bring up later on with her, this case? I think we could probably talk about um, the culture of patient safety and sort of safety nets and datexes and all those sorts of things yeah, yeah. but that will I'm sure come up and the last thing I actually really wanted to talk about I think we should probably end on this one is reflections okay. oh so yeah ever absolutely. since medical school you mm. talk about reflecting on your practice mm. 
because and I think that's one beautiful thing about medicine compared to where my sisters work so one of my sisters she works in fashion and my other sister she works in engineering mm-hmm. you can tell which is a golden child for Nigerian parents <laughs> but um within their fields there's not a culture of reflection and reflecting and yeah. that's one thing I'm so happy that we do as doctors yeah. even though it came back to bite her in the butt yeah, which yeah. we didn't really talk about. Exactly. But... So do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so um, we always self-reflect. We have e-portfolios in which we talk about difficult cases or issues that we faced at work. And of course, when you have a big incident like this, it's absolutely something you'd go and reflect about. Exactly. As... And what reflection actually means is that you have yeah. to talk about things that you might do differently next time. Yeah. Things that you can see were errors in the way that you practice because you're meant to reflect on yourself. Yeah. Not other people or no. their faults. No, no, no. And you can also sort of, you know, it's also very sort of holistic so you talk about how you felt and you know how how that affected how you behaved and it's all sorts of things we reflect all the time together we do we do and it's it's so helpful it you come helpful. out of it with sort of very keen learning points because it's, it's very difficult after these things to sort of get emotional clarity and you can just feel very upset very mm-hmm, distressed mm-hmm. um very self-critical mm-hmm. but to make that something productive you've got to self-reflect and focus on okay well what could I have done better you know what things do I think why did I do what I did and okay how can I change that next time yeah um so she's self-reflected re- can I say something very quickly I remember mm. when I was in first year of work yeah. and there was a which is a prime arrest. time a prime, prime time, time for reflection tell them <laughs> There was a gentleman who needed to, st- we need to start resuscitation on him. And at the time I was on his chest doing chest compressions. We'd done chest compressions and all the other resuscitative techniques mm-hmm. for about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then he was pronounced dead. Mm-hmm. I remember afterwards his wife came in to resus where he was mm-hmm. and had died. Mm-hmm. And she was screaming and she was course, crying yeah. and just was inconsolable. Yeah. Later on, I, because I was the only, weirdly, I say weirdly, I was the only female doctor there at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, not weird at all. And then <laughs> I went in with my registrar and we went to go and talk to her and tell her what was going on and what had happened. And I just remember that situation stuck with me for ages. And later on that evening, that mm-hmm. registrar asked me to come back and he had t- and he discussed with me what had happened and how I felt about it mm. and that was so important for me at the time otherwise yeah. I would have gone home probably cried in my like myself to secretly sleep. yeah never wouldn't yeah, have exactly. told me even though I'm the full below you yeah because the difficult <laughs> thing is when that happens you have to keep going you have to go back to work and do your jobs and it's 100%, 100%. so hard sometimes you just yeah we all break down in absolutely, hospital absolutely. you cry yeah and you go back to work. <laughs> yeah. It's it's awful. You cry silently, like behind a closed hand, and then you just crack on. <laughs> and you crack on. Yeah, because there's more patience. Because to there's see. always things to do, and so there's something else to do. So reflections and debriefs are important. So important. And so tell us where it went wrong. Super. So okay. So the the awful thing, and another thing that was really raised by doctors in response to the Dr. Barbara Garber sort of incident, was that she had obviously reflected on this case and you're encouraged to so anytime you have a traumatic case you're you're very much encouraged to reflect on it and appropriately so so she reflected on the case and actually in court her reflections from her portfolio were brought back and used almost it seems as an evidence to say well you admitted that you should have done x y and z and then you didn't do x y and z so now you're guilty mm-hmm. and if you had done x y and z then you know this wouldn't have happened which is absolutely not what they're there for mm-hmm. and actually an awful way to turn a reflection on its head and makes all of us now fear a mm. bit to put a reflection out there which is a good thing to do because you know you, you should be reflecting on things that you mm-hmm. do and you don't always look do things look at mid-staffs you have to reflect you have, you have to, to reflect and put good mistakes, practices in place mistakes and errors are inevitable and to bury your head in the sand and say well no it won't happen next time without actually reflecting is just to 
you know, invite more mistakes and errors onto your back. Um, and not onto your back, onto the public's back. There yeah. are consequences that should never happen again. Yeah, absolutely. This cat, this could potentially be avoided um, if they look at where the hospital made systemic, Swiss sorry, systematic cheese. failings. Swiss they need cheese. To, they need to address those problems. Absolutely. Also, we need to think about it as doctors. So it's good for us to be learning from these cases so these things don't conti- like happen again or yeah. continue to happen for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And also just to go back to reflection, a lot of a reflection is because you, it may be the first time that you're in a certain scenario and there are certain ways in which you react to the scenario when you're just thrown into it that on looking back on it, you're like, okay, I wish that maybe I'd behaved like that or I'd done that mm-hmm. or I'd had this approach. Or maybe which, I see what medication that patient took. Yeah. Or... And then you can only do that moving forward in the future. So next time you have the same scenario, you're actually very well mm-hmm. dealed to sort of, yeah. uh, you know, manage it. And I'm I've sure... never missed a DKA again. Do you I remember, Suba? <laughs> I was going to say, we will, I'm sure throughout we this have series, our cases. we will talk about so many cases that have happened to us that have changed our approach that probably, hopefully will never happen to us again now that we have reflected on them and we've got... And shared them with our colleagues. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we've got certain things in place so that actually next time, you know, you're in a scenario, you think about it. But to sort of take that and use that as legal evidence... It's scary. ...is terrifying. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. And it's something that shouldn't happen. No, it really shouldn't. It, no, it really, Super. really shouldn't. I've enjoyed talking to you today. It has been fun, Amelie. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> colleague exactly ex-housemate <laughs> not for any other reason that we had to move from our then area then we came to london yeah exactly still not telling you the hospital we were in before mysterious location yes cool so um if anyone's got any thoughts and comments about what we spoke about today please engage with us on instagram facebook we'd love to hear what you think and if you have any suggestions for topics that we can talk about or anyone that you want to hear, any authors that might be interesting yeah, to you, absolutely. any doctors who might be interesting, mm. just let us know because we're learning from this and hopefully this podcast goes on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. See ya. Recorded at the pod in White City Place. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.